ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode or if you've got ideas for future episodes, please contact us. Two easy ways to do so. You can email us. The email address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. That's S is in Sue, F is in Falls, Catholic.org. You can also tweet at us. The Twitter handle is at SFDiocese, S-F-D-I-O-C-E-S-E. Use the hashtag Ignition. Um, and we've actually already just recently received, uh, well, we get them on occasion, but just recently received a request for uh, the topic of grace. So Father and I will be tackling mm, that in an upcoming yes. episode. So Carl, thank you for sending that in. And other listeners, please feel free to uh, propose any any topics. We can't always accept all the topics, but usually we do, right? Yeah, you don't always <laughs> accept all of my topics. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely true with Father Dickinson. Uh, speaking of Father Dickinson. Listeners, you probably get more pull on your topics than I do. True story. Father, tell us about yourself besides your name. I am the pastor of St. Paul's Parish in White, South Dakota. I am the director of the Pius XII Newman Center, a Catholic mission to South Dakota State University. been a priest in my... what? This is my 11th year as a priest, uh, and I'm originally from South Dakota, from the town of Yankton. My widowed mom still lives there. Uh, great domestic church in which I was growing up in. Amen. Raised up in? Reared? Raised in. Not raised up. Well, you were, were you raised up? The, I don't know. You were raised I don't think there. they lifted me higher than I probably could have gotten on my own. Jeez. <laughs> And I'm Chris Bergwald, again, the Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangeliz- in Evangelization with the Diocese. Um uh, not originally from South Dakota, but <gasps> I know, shocking, but true. But true. Um, my wife and I, though, have lived here for, we're in our 15th year of residency uh, in South Dakota. All five of our children have been born here and thus are South Dakotans. Lucky kids. To the core. So um, what we're going to be talking about today arose from a couple different things, but uh, a few weeks ago, listeners, um, the Sunday reading, we're, we're in the, for Sunday's gospel, we are going through Matthew's gospel right now. This is year A of the three-year uh, three year cycle for the Sunday lectionary, the readings from Scripture for Mass. And so uh, a few weeks ago, we had in the Sunday gospels um, the re- readings, and I think we, and we're still in, as, as, as we're recording this, uh, Jesus' teaching and the Sermon on the Mount. It will be in those readings until Lent starts. Right, yep. yep. Um, Lent coming up just here at the beginning of March, March 1st, actually. Um, so so there's something in there, and, and uh, fortunately, I'm sitting across from somebody who has to talk about the uh, b- the mass readings uh, on a weekly basis, or daily basis, frankly, uh, called the homily. Um, so the Father, what? Uh, the, uh, and I know there's something that, 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 that um, we heard about a couple weeks ago from the certain month that you thought would be worth discussing as part of Ignition. Yeah, and this actually kind of ties in with that request for the topic of state of grace. It's kind of apropos. Apropos, I was going to say ancillary, but oh. I don't know if I'm using that correctly. Sorry, I miss. I, I saw the A coming out of your mouth, but I misjudged again. Uh, yeah. So the the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter five, six, and seven. The Sermon on the Mount, which we divide into Matthew chapter five, six, and seven. Yes. 
And so, uh, dear listeners, I don't know if you knew this, but the Bible wasn't written in chapter and verse. Nope. And so I like to say this rant every once in a while. Is that okay? Can I just do this quick rant? Please. Okay. So the Bible wasn't written in chapter and verse. And Matthew didn't have an editor saying, we need to fill 28 chapters. We've already got the bindings printed. And so we need this much copy to fill it. Uh, but rather he just wrote the gospel. And then later on, we, to better help us study and know where things are, divided into chapters, and then even later on into verses. And so that's where we get chapters and verses from. Um, so they're arbitrary to the gospel in that sense. I mean, hopefully they try to make connections in things, but sometimes they don't always. And sometimes they can limit us into thinking like, oh, that chapter is done, and now we're into this chapter, and so it doesn't really connect with it. Right. I mean, that's not how Matthew wrote No. It. Um, just, uh, this is even more ancillary. Ooh. Uh, Did you look up to see if we're using it correctly? No, 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 no. What are you doing with that computer over there? Um, so you mentioned just obviously in jest that wasn't as if there were 28 chapters that had to be filled. Right. So, um, as you, Father Dickinson, know, but our listeners may not know or may have forgotten, in the first century, the way the format for writing would have been scrolls. Yep. So we read in scripture about how Jesus, for instance, Luke chapter four, goes in the synagogue, kind of the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah et cetera. Yeah. Um, the name for what you and I are familiar with as books, is the technical term is actually a codex, mm. where you have a, well, cover, but sheets of paper that are uh, put together. But we just, pre- we, you and I, Father, you and I, and all of our listeners, we're very, just very familiar with that as the, frankly, the technology or the apparatus for Correct. written material. Although I think probably the internet has started to ch- change that, infinite scrolling we'll and so fight on. that. I know, right? Amen. Um, but I think it's important for us, there, there, and we're, and we're not going to get any more. This is already getting too far afield. This is very far afield. <laughs> but when we read scripture, it, it, it is relevant how it was originally written in scroll format to the point that you were just making. There are no chapter and verses. You didn't just open it up to chapter or whatever. It was a scroll that you unrolled. Right. Anyway. In Matthew chapter 6, 7, and 8, <laughs> there's 5, 6, and 7, rather. Trust me on the Bible numbers here, not Dr. Bergwald. It's Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Whatever. The Sermon on the Mount. And he begins it uh, with what's commonly called the Beatitudes, uh, which isn't about your attitude, even though you may think that. I'm letting that go. Oh, come on. You've never thought it was about your attitude? No, I haven't. Really? No. Really? Even no. like as a kid, like the Beatitudes. Oh, yeah, I got to have a good attitude. Nope. First time. Oh. What a boring childhood. Maybe my scripture formation was better than yours. It didn't seem to stick. <laughs> well played. You kind of I thought you kind of threw that up like a softball. Uh, not a fast pitch softball though. Um, so the Beatitudes, uh, the first part of Matthew chapter five, and uh, we had this as a reading. And uh, I think our temptation is one, maybe two, oh, it's just about the way we should act or something like that, or some sort of moralizing. Or uh, it also gets kind of disarmed by uh, saccharine music. Blessed are they. Yeah. Blessed are they who are poor in spirit. Now, if this is your favorite song, I don't mean to make fun of it. I'm not making fun of it per se. I'm just saying that the songs themselves are kind of disarming. Right. Right. That it takes a gospel passage and puts it with a nice lilting melody. And then you can just kind of say, like, you know, we are the light on the moon. Or... Uh, Stop or and get... Uh, copy, we're going to infringe upon copyrights. I think I've got at least 10 seconds of sample that I can sing before I infringe on copyrights. Mr. Producer, I get a thumbs up. Okay, engineer, excuse and, me, excuse me, excuse me, engineer. Uh, 
And uh, yeah, so I get 10 seconds of use. And then Squirrel. there's other ones. Yeah, this is a very squirrely uh, podcast episode of Ignition. Um, <coughs> Excuse me. But yeah, so we have the, the disarming songs in this gospel pa- uh, that, that kind of try to disarm this gospel passage. But when we look at the actual gospel passage, it's a pretty shocking passage. Uh, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek of heart. Blessed are the pure of heart. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And we're kind of left with a question, like, how do we handle this as Christians? And what I what really struck me about this passage is the idea that it pushes us away from our comfort zone. And our comfort zone in the United States is very much to live a, a binary uh, faith. Okay, so um, I, I, I want to stop you there and actually briefly back up. You, okay. We were joking about beatitude and, you know, yeah. our, but what is the word? And, and you uh, already yeah. got to it, I think, with when you were uh, quoting the passages. What does the word mean? Uh, to be happy, to be blessed. Uh, happy in the sense of the fulfillment of the deepest longings of your heart, not happy in the sense of, I just ate a chocolate chunk cookie from Jimmy John's. So happy definitely is distinct from pleasure. Correct. Because um, happiness is something that exists even when the sensation that is pleasurable is gone. Right, right, right. And even when I, the sensation or the emotions that I'm feeling could be what we would consider negative. Unpleasant. Yeah. Yeah. So I might be uh, emotionally sad or something, but I can still be beneath that. Happy. Happy in the sense of beatitude. Blessedness. Blessedness. Correct. Great. So uh, term one. Secondly, now, (laughs) the one you just alluded to, binary. Binary. Yep. Like a bicycle. Well, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Two. Two wheels, right? right? So binary is a system that is either one or two things. It's on or it's off. Uh, it's one or it's zero. There's binary code and computing, one or zero. Right. And so binary faith is the idea that uh, I'm, I'm saved or I'm not saved. Okay. I'm Christian or I'm not Christian. Okay. I'm Catholic or I'm not Catholic. And just so I'm saved or Christian or Catholic, well, that's good enough. Okay, so the, the problem is in that last... And the last thing, that's good enough. Okay. Right. And that's the whole idea of a binary system is there's not much nuance beyond one or zero. Right. Right. It's either one or it's zero. The, the light's either on or it's off. Correct. There's no I'm brighter. either Catholic or I'm not Catholic. Right. I'm either Christian or I'm not Christian. I'm either saved or I'm not saved in kind of American parlance okay. in that regard. But there has to be more to our Christian faith, especially when you read the scriptures. The teachings of Jesus Christ, the teachings of the church, don't allow us to settle for a binary uh, faith. Okay. And is a settling for a binary faith in that regard. Why, why do you say, say more about that right there? Why is it a settling? Well, because it's, it's that little tag that I put on the end. I'm Christian or I'm Catholic, and that's good enough. Okay. And that's the so, whole idea of settling. So complacency. Exactly. Okay. Complacency with yourself, complacency with the reality and substance of the Christian life as lived out in your soul. Okay. So complacency with um, the depth or degree or lack thereof of my spiritual formation, my discipleship. Or if you think there could be a depth okay. to your, or that there even could be a forming of your spiritual life. Right. Because it's with depth, again, there's a, there's a gradation that's, but again, binary is either on or off. I'm either right. in the water or I'm out, if you will. There's no depth to one versus zero. Exactly. Okay. 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 So, um, well, how, how do we know that Jesus is calling us to more Okay. in that way? How do we know that Jesus is calling us to more? Um, as Catholic Christians, we even say that Jesus is calling us to be conformed to his own image. 
that what it means to be Christian, what it means to be Catholic, is not just to have done something, uh, to be baptized and confirmed, to have received your first Holy Communion, things like that. But to be Catholic and Christian is to pursue uh, your own life becoming a living image of Jesus Christ. Your own life becoming a living image of Jesus Christ. So that word that you used a bit ago, conformed to. Right, conformed, so that I am formed. The idea of conformed is not that you're a loser, that you're unimaginative, or that you're a tool of the institution. Uh, and if someone calls me a tool of Jesus Christ, I'd be very happy. Right. <laughs> but um, so conformed is that idea of uh, being formed to a reality. Shaped to. Right. So if he's the, he's the archetype. He's the mold Correct. for me to be conformed to him. For me, for me means to, for me to take on his shape, his And that's form. exactly what the name Christian means. You are to be a little, little Christ. Christ. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, St. Jean Vianney loves to say that the saints are like so many mirrors in which Christ admires himself. Mm. Mm. Love that saying. Love that saying. All right, so how do we know this? We know this from the scriptures. Uh, first of all, just from this passage on the Beatitudes, one of the things that struck me is he gives these Beatitudes in response to seeing the crowds. It's not just for the few, the elite, or the chosen. He is talking to his disciples, but not just to his apostles. This isn't the inner circle in this way. It's to... Uh, it's to the crowd. To uh, everyone who seeks to follow him. Exactly. If right. you seek to follow him, this is for you. So it's not just for Father Andrew to be pure of heart. It's not just for Dr. Bergwald to be meek. It's for every baptized Christian Right. in that way. Right. I also think about later on in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7, in which Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom right. of heaven. Exactly. So again, it's not enough just to have that, well, I call you Lord. Isn't that enough? Right. Jesus is very clearly saying no. Amen. Uh, and then going on, like the past, uh, later on in Matthew chapter 5, uh, he continues to rewrite the Ten Commandments. Now, the Ten Commandments, of course, were given to all the Jewish people, not just to the few or the elite or the chosen. Not just the Levites, the priests, etc. Correct. They're given to all members of the 12 tribes of Israel. Right. Uh, and even that their servants and their slaves were expected to live the law in various ways. And so he takes the Ten Commandments and intensifies them. Uh, you have heard that said, you shall not kill. I say to you, don't even be angry, because then you've murdered your brother in your heart. You've heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. I say, whoever looks on a woman with lust in his heart has committed adultery with her. So just as if, if the, sometimes the Beatitudes of the Sermon on the Mount is referred to as as the new law or the law of the, the gospel, mm-hmm. something like that, um, just as the, the Ten Commandments were and remained um, an ordinance for the Jews and for all of us. So too, then, just as the Ten Commandments were given to all Jews to follow, so the, the, the Beatitudes are given to all Christians to follow as well. Right, right. So that, and then that's part, of our, um, that's part of our symbolism in that regard, or that's part of our, our substance and our conclusion why our, our faith must be more than just that simple binary system of, well, I'm Christian or I'm Catholic, and that's good enough. That's good enough. Uh, you're listening to Ignition. This is a broadcast for the new evangelization. Uh, Father Andrew Dickinson and I are, yeah. ta- are talking today about uh, the Beatitudes, as we find them in Matthew's Gospel, and the call to holiness, the, ta- to the call to be conformed to Jesus Christ, uh, which they reveal, which they show, which they call us to be. Uh, if you have questions about what we're discussing today, if you've got uh, ideas for future episodes, please contact us. You can email us, ignition 
at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Or you can tweet at us. Uh, SF Diocese, use the hashtag ignition. Again, at SF Diocese. S-F-D-I-O-C-E-S-E, and use the hashtag ignition. Uh, so we're talking about uh, the Beatitudes and how we know that this is a call that's given to all of us as baptized. Uh, what else, Father, is worth discussing with regard to them? Well, I think it's look, worth looking at why do we go to this binary kind of reflex right. action is why do we flinch from the call in that regard? Because that's, uh, I think with some reflection listeners, you'll find that this idea of reducing our Catholic, our Christian faith to this binary reality, uh, well, I'm Christian, I'm Catholic, that should be good enough, it is the reflex of a lot of our uh, peers and maybe even of ourselves. It's a temptation to ourselves and our society. So why does it do this? Why does it happen in that way? Okay. Uh, I think, first of all, uh, is the spiritual reason that uh, Satan tempts you away from it. Right, right. He doesn't want you to be another Christ. He doesn't want you to have faith in the reality of the identity that you become, that you actually become by baptism and confirmation, because he knows that that actual identity uh, is an assault against his kingdom. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Jesus is uh, the stronger man who breaks into the strong man's house and ties him up to loot him of his plunder, Gospel of Mark. And so Satan wants to tempt you away from that reality and wants you to not think about that reality, to not engage with that reality. And does that in all sorts of ways, of course. Um, but because of that, then we often think that we are unable to live the call. Right? We think we're unable to live this conformity to Jesus, and so we ourselves settle for b this binary Christianity. Yes, Jesus says this, but I'm a mess. So therefore, being a Catholic is good enough for me. So to me, this is one of the strongest ways that um, the enemy tempts us, that mm. you can't possibly live this. Yeah. Um, the, 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 this, this call is too much. It's too high. Um, you're not good enough to do it. And that can, the, the evil spirit, not only literally demonic spirits, but also the evil spirit that's within me. Right. That concupiscent spirit. Exactly. Uh, um, that, that, it, that, well, this is too much for you. I mean, maybe, maybe for, you I dare think, too much. This is, then this is, I think maybe where a lot of people might fall back into, well, that's that maybe father can live that way or sister can live that way or whatever. But I, who, who am I? I can't possibly live this way. Right. Uh, uh maybe, uh, um, Rosie rosary beads. Who's always praying a rosary before mass can live that way. Right. But, uh, Joe punch cock, Joe, Joe punch clock and, uh, Sally, uh, family woman like i can't do that right right right, right. okay um and and the way that the enemy does that too is he'll often want to uh, exemplify our our fa our failings our moral failings our, our, our spiritual failings in that regard he wants you to think that those are the sum of who your identity are mm. in that way um i mean when I think about this, I'm reminded of the words of uh, Pope St. John Paul II at the 2002 uh, World Youth Day in Toronto, mm -hmm. um, in which he said, and apparently um, these are very powerful ones, and I use them occasionally, a couple times a year, it seems like, with the college students. Uh, are you familiar with this? Uh, not, not, I'm not sure okay. where you're going. Um, so in his, I believe it was his homily at the actual World Youth Day Mass in 2002, he had said, uh, you are not the sum of your... Uh, fears and your failures, but you are the sum rather of the father's love for you and of your real capacity to become the image of his son. Mm. Hmm. 
right? This is who you are. You are not the sum of your fears and your failures, but you're the sum of the Father's love for you and you have your real capacity to become the image of his son. I wasn't at that World Youth Day, but apparently uh, people I know that were there said like, there's like people that like fainted on hearing these words. Wow. Just that it struck right to their hearts in that way of, uh, and an elderly Pope at the time, um, three years before his death, um, and uh, less than three years before his death at that point. Um, but just really striking to the heart of us. So you know, Satan calls us to focus in on these sins. And so part of the temptation isn't just temptation for temptation's sake. Right. Part of the temptation of us into sin is also to discourage us from striving after the heights to which Christ calls us. Right. Uh, because Satan is afraid of more uh, living images of the living God in this world. Making sense? It is. Okay, you're, you're chewing on something over well, there. Well, the quote from John Paul II, I'm chewing that, but you keep going for now. Okay. Well, well I mean, I'm kind of curious. I mean, what are you, what are you chewing on with that? So, uh, well, and this is... You found, you found the actual quote? Did I, did. I get it correct? I very, very, okay. Essentially, yes. Okay. What about I get wrong? Um, I'm okay. Well, you tell me. I can take it. We are not the sum of our weaknesses and failures. Weaknesses and failures. We are... And I love... I, I, I mean, this is a minor thing, but he makes it the first person, plural. Yep. We are the sum of the Father's love for us and our real capacity to become the image of, your, of his son. Yeah. That's exactly what Jesus But he, he, that, that comes after... You talk about the, the hope that often... That, that young people, young adults right. have. Um, and it says, do not let the hope die. Stake your lives on it. We are not the sun. Because mm-hmm. I think that's what happens as you age. You become more aware of your weaknesses, right. of your failures. Or you just have more experience of that. Exactly, yeah, yeah. You, you're, you're weak and you fail more often. And right. then it, it can become easy for us and it's easy for the enemy to get us to look at that pile. That idealization. Oh, I had a conversion experience. I'm on this high. Everything's going to go easy. Everything's going to hunk a door. And then flop. Yep. You know, you fall in some way, and so therefore it's like, wow, what the heck? Yep. Beautiful. That's a that, the, the very apropos um, quote from J.P.J. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, uh, he was prophetic. In that, I mean, prophetic in the truest sense of the term, that he was reading the signs of the time. Right. And understanding uh, the temptation of the enemy that is whispered into our hearts. Right. So, um, <laughs> well, and I, I think this the, the last thing maybe I'd say on this, is this all goes to this idea of, is it possible to live in the way of the Beatitudes? And the world around us says a resounding no. That's not possible to live in the way of the Beatitudes. But I would ask you, why would Jesus even preach them if it wasn't possible? It's not a rhetorical question. I know. Yeah. Well, it is. Yes, it is. Kind of is. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. Right. He didn't say it. Yeah. Never mind. I'm going to get going here. Because he is full of love. Right. Then he knows the human person. He created the human person. And so uh, this really then takes this idea that we need to put our faith in Jesus Christ, what he promises, and not give in to the temptation to flinch from the call. And to me, this is, okay, so the, the answer to the question, is it possible this way, on my own, yes. Or no, oh, it's not. Yeah. No, yeah. no, it's, but I'm not on my own. Correct. Um, not only did he tell me this, but he is with me, giving me his spirit, his grace, mediating to me the love of his father mm-hmm. so that I can live this way. Especially when you think about the, uh, I forget the technical term for it, but the book ending of Matthew's gospel. Yeah. What two ideas begin and end Mm-mm. Matthew's gospel? Huh? 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 Emmanuel. Right. God right? is, yep. Yeah, yep. It begins yep. with the, uh, in Matthew uh, chapter 2. Uh, but also Matthew chapter one, you could say, is a commentary on Emmanuel, the idea of God being with us with a long genealogy. Right. 
Matthew chapter 2, uh, you, he will be called Emmanuel, God is with us. And then Matthew 28, at the end of the gospel, his very last words, I think it's actually the very last words of the gospel, are? Lo, I'm with you to the end of the age. Boom. God is with us. Yep. Emmanuel. And so uh, that, that bookends this call to live radical conformity to Jesus Christ. I th- and I do think that's there's a temptation that many of us face on an ongoing way, because I continue to face this temptation and too often to succumb to it, that even as we grow in the spiritual life, even, mm-hmm. even as I'm seeking to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, to him, the reality that there's this another lie that he gets me to a certain point and then I have to go on my own to take the next steps further. Right. And that's, that's so that a is, So that is not a constant experience in some way, but it's... Maybe like, you know, filling up my car with gas and then I go and drive on my own. Then I go back for a Philip, as opposed to that constant uh, connection with our Lord and with his grace. Right. That he's constantly active in our life. It's more like my car. It's a solar powered car than anything. Without batteries. Without batteries. The sunlight. So you can't drive at night. The sun, S-O-N, oh. is always, yeah, I can't, but there's, there's never... The sun always shines. Right. It's the sun that never sets. Exactly. Our Lord's grace is the sun that never sets. Exactly. I think it says that somewhere in the church. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's good to say. I, I don't think <laughs> Bible answer, man, that it's not. No, uh... no. But I think in the prayer, I think I'm thinking of like in the Liturgy of the Hours, it says that. Sure. So I think that. Um, yeah. The, so just, we got less than two minutes to go. Why is this important? W- w- okay, I guess this is the question. Uh, why? Why? Okay, so I can live this way. Mm-hmm. Why would I want to? Other that's, than, where, that's how you find happiness. That's how you find the fulfillment of your life. That's how you overcome the crushing weight of boredom. <laughs> Amen. I mean, right? I mean, what modern American isn't afflicted by boredom in some way or another? And sometimes they're tempted to think they're afflicted by boredom. Right. Right. I have more entertainments, more titillations, more pleasures than anyone has ever had in any society ever before me. And yet the most common complaint is, I'm bored. I'm bored. Well, your, the reason you're bored is because you're not fulfilling your purpose. And your purpose is say for that, you, Say that again. The reason you are bored is because you are not fulfilling your purpose. And your purpose is that you are to be a living image of Jesus Christ. We all have a meaning. We all have a purpose. You just named what it is. But too many of us either think that we don't have one or we try to make it up on our own and you can't. No, you can't. Can't at all. You're given a purpose. I was given a purpose when I was born. And the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount in that sense is the most general expression of the purpose. And you, in your own prayer and life, will discover the specific living out of that purpose. But this is why you should live it because it is your purpose. For this reason you were made. And it will bring you what the word beatitude means, as we discussed earlier in the show. Blessedness and happiness. Blessedness and happiness. Peace in your heart. Freedom from the weight and distractions and discouragements of our daily world. Not just salvation for the end of time, but salvation here, now, today, in the present moment. Right. Amen. Amen, which is great. Um, and that will wrap up, wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or tweet at us, at sfdiocese. Use the hashtag Ignition with any questions or ideas for future episodes. Until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Maybe my scripture formation was better than yours. It didn't seem to stick. <laughs> well played. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes Store. 
Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.